Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We get to start a new series today. I'm excited because we're talking about leadership. You are now a student of leadership. I am getting my master's in it. And it's very it's exciting. How coincidental that we are now talking about leadership. <laughs> this really wasn't your class, but now no. it's becoming part of your class because we're going to talk about leadership today yeah. um, in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. So you might remember um, not too long ago, we were at the LWML convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we got to sit down with... Bishop Jameson Hardy. He's Bishop of the English District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. He's also author of Pastoral Leadership, Shepherding and Caring for God's People. And we got to talk about that book with him a little bit at the LWML convention. And we enjoyed it so much. We said, let's make this a series. Let's like dig into this deeper. And he agreed Mm -hmm. to spend like hours with us (laughs) talking about leadership. So we are so glad to have you back on the program. Pastor Hardy, thanks for being our guest. We are digging into leadership from your perspective as a pastor, as a bishop district president, um, and also someone who has quite a bit of education and experience in the field of leadership as well. Why is it important for so many people? Why is it important for me to learn about leadership, for Sarah, for our listener to learn about leadership? Yeah, well, thank you again for having me on. And and it's a great question and one that I think the church needs to spend more time discussing. The the idea of being a leader is something that is very biblical. Uh, it is throughout the scriptures in different forms and in different ways. Specifically and surprisingly, when leadership is happening and those that are giving it don't even know that they are giving leadership. And I think ultimately we have, a. will just share with you one biblical story that shows this. You have, you have the story of Peter and Jesus, and Jesus asked Peter to come to him while he was walking on the water. Here you have a situation where Peter, viewed by the rest of the disciples as kind of the chief disciple and full of confidence in, in his own right, steps out onto the water and sees that he's on the water and starts to sink. And Jesus says, as you know, the story rescues him. And Here's a perfect example where being in a leadership position, Peter took upon himself to have great gusto, but then found himself in a position where he was no longer leading, but he was actually being led or being saved, in this case by Jesus. And so I think ultimately for all of us in the church, whether you're in a role of leadership in the congregation or in the district or in the synod, or a layperson in a congregation— being a leader is is a constant part of church life. Whether you are involved in a committee, a group, whether you are ushering on Sunday, whether you hold an official office in the church, both pastors and lay folks in the church are constantly in the positions of leadership. And I also think that for the church at large, it's really important to understand that people, others around us, are seeking those who will lead. Too often I run into situations both in my own life in the parish, but also as my life as district president, where I come into a congregational setting or into a organizational setting, and it's kind of like everybody looks around the room for who's going to take over, 
who's going to lead, who's going to be the responsible party. And in some respects, there's always kind of this awkward pause. And then in my experience, the, the, the one who's not afraid to speak generally becomes the one who ends up leading. But that's not always the best case scenario. Confidence in speaking does not always translate into being able to lead. And so I think the call by God, whom shall I send, is is a multiple call that's not just for the office of the Holy Ministry. It's also for the office of leadership within the life of the church. So I, I view leadership and the need for discussing it and, and, and talking about it and learning about it as an outgrowth of us being children of the Heavenly Father. Because we were, we all will be in situations at points in our life when we are called upon to lead. Yeah, I think that scenario of being voluntold happens a lot in congregations. Where if you're if you're the one with the idea, you're the one that ends up leading the idea, regardless of whether you actually have the skills to be a, a successful leader. So I'm glad we're talking about this. This is such an interesting topic to, especially view from a biblical standpoint, from our our Lutheran theology and how our, our Lutheran beliefs play into how we have leadership in our congregations, in our in our organizations across the board. You mentioned that there's a lot of leaders in a congregation. It's not just a pastor. Who benefits from learning about leadership and actually learning what it takes to be a good leader in a congregation instead of just like osmosising it from other people? Well, that's a that's a very good question. Although I will say that in in the book I'm very clear that leadership is a learned trait, meaning we all learn from witnessing how others do things. I do think the best leaders, at least in my life, are those who God has gifted with leadership, meaning that they have a special spiritual gift to do that, and they utilize learning from other good leaders to become exceptional leaders. But regarding in the parish, you know, I, I will tell you some of the greatest leadership lessons that I've learned over the course of my life have been by watching those around me, both in the congregation and in the parts of my life where I have been. And I've also had personally, this is just me personally, but I think if you talk to any good leader, there's always this desire to, to help and serve the neighbor. The great command from Jesus, love the Lord thy God and love your neighbor as yourself. A part of leadership means that you understand that there are going to be many, many moments when your neighbor is going to need you to help and to serve them. And, and leadership, I, we, we, I think we probably should begin here by making sure we clarify that leadership does not always equal authority. And I think that's, that's a massive misnomer when it comes to biblical, I will say, Lutheran understanding of leadership. It doesn't always come with the tag of authority. In fact, some of the greatest leaders have no titles. I'm talking within the church. And, and that comes from a variety of ways and reasons. But leadership is more about loving and caring for the neighbor than it is about employing authority. In fact, if you are a leader, you'll understand that you... To be effective, you will employ your authority far less than you will lead. And that, for me, defines the difference between a good leader and a great leader. A great leader knows that their leadership is not based on the title they have 
the position they have or the authority they tout. It is their ability to communicate with other people and to make tough choices. I mean, really, leadership is about making tough choices and having to stand up when when others might not. I mean, think of the superheroes of the world, you know, the the, the firefighters. Well, yes, I was referring to Superman, Batman and those, but the, the firefighters, the police officers, the leaders that run into danger, it's their job to go into danger, but not everybody has the courage to go into the danger. And, and I think that's what separates good leaders from great leaders. And the church is full of them on, on all corners and in every facet. But I think you, you made a point that really is, is important to, to take a little further. And that is the idea of somebody coming up with an idea in the church, we tend to make them responsible for it. A full disclosure, my life in the church, those scenarios tend to be uh, difficult ones because almost every time that somebody comes up with an idea, they're not always the most suited to carry it out. And that that is leadership is not just idea making, because sometimes people can have great ideas, but have no capacity to follow through and to bring it to a conclusion. What are some of the topics that you would like to cover in this series in the weeks ahead? Yeah, I, I think ultimately there is a, a lot within the, the, the subject of leadership. Um, one of the, the areas is the different biblical characters and their, their leadership styles, but also tied to their styles is many of their failings. I think we all can can empathize with some of the weaknesses of church leaders in the Bible, uh, and I, I'd like to go through some of those because I think all of us can resonate with some of the struggles that the biblical leaders ha- have have had. Also, God commands us to to lead by loving our neighbor, and I think the plan of God in leadership is another good one. Difficulties in pastoral leadership or as Jeff Iorg, the seminary professor and president from the Reform Seminary, put it, the painful side of leadership. And, and there's a painful side of being lead, a leader, pastoral leader specifically. Another one is leading, not following. I mean, the, the idea that leadership is not something where you simply follow others. You have to be out in front. And, and that doesn't always mean physically out in front, but it certainly means be responsible. Communication as a leader is really, really important. And frankly, another one I would like to explore further is uplifting others around you to be good leaders. I think some of the greatest leaders in our society today are as great as they are because of those who are around them, those who serve with them, those who serve under them. And I've certainly learned that in my own life in the district. We are learning about leadership with Bishop Jameson Hardy. He's Bishop of the English District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment, right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. 
Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are in a new series with Bishop Jameson Hardy of the English District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. He's also author of Pastoral Leadership, Shepherding and Caring for God's People from Concordia Publishing House. And this is, I think, an insightful series as we dig into leadership, aspects of leadership, different types of leadership. So let's take a look at this this first topic for today's episode, Biblical Leadership Styles. What are what are some of the styles of the, the, that we see in the Bible of leadership? Yeah, so let me just name a few biblical characters and, the, and their style, which sometimes works great, but oftentimes not. We'll start right with, with Adam, the first man. Adam's life was one early on, especially when Adam and Eve went through the sin situation, of blaming others. So, so Adam's characteristic uh, in his leadership life early on was blame. It, you know, he said to God when God asked, who told you you are naked, uh, you know, or why are you naked and all these other things? Well, it's the one you gave me. It's, it's, it's Eve's fault, the one you, you gave me. Another one would be Moses. And he, here we have, for me, one of the, the greatest biblical characters of the Old Testament who grew up in the house of Pharaoh who grew up with all the wealth and confidence, all the the great leadership training. Moses was set apart to build great things in Egypt and found his way exiled out of Egypt. And then God calls him to service in the church to be the leader of the Israelites. And so Moses's life was full of doubt and fear. Moses said to God, "I, I cannot speak. God immediately fixed that problem for Moses. We're going to give you your brother, Aaron, who's got a big mouth. I, As a side note, my brother, Tim, and I, he's 11 months older than me. I always remind him that while I have the seed of Moses, I tend to have the Aaron qualities uh, within our family life. And he reminds me that he has the birthright. So it's all <laughs> over after we talk about that. Because therein lies the fact that my brother has the leadership position in our family, and there's nothing I can do about it. You know, my, my father's been called home to the Lord, so there's no even tricking my father in old age. So I, I understand that even my own family, there's positionary leadership. Uh, another one I would say is David. David, you know, when the story was told to David by the prophet Nathan about the rich man stealing the poor man's sheep, and the prophet Nathan told David, you are that man. David's leadership, although great in the biblical narrative, was riddled with guilt was riddled with failure of of succumbing to his own understanding. And so while God used David in great ways for the kingdom, David himself struggled with, with guilt. And I think for all of us, we can look into the mirror and find times and places where we, we experience some of these leadership fail, failures, and yet God still calls us to use the gifts and talents that he gives us to lead both his people as well as those around us in our given vocations. Another one that I always find to be really churchly in nature is Jonah and his stubbornness. You know, God proves in the story of Jonah that when he calls you to be a leader in his kingdom, there's nothing you're going to do to get away from it. 
despite your dislike, despite your inadequacies that you feel you have, Jonah's stubbornness got him swallowed by a fish. And, you know, I, I always look at that, that story when I'm reading it, and I think to myself, how big the fish must have been if Jonah was anywhere near my size. And I certainly would not want that kind of a fish, you know, to, to, to swallow me. So what, let me think. One other one maybe I can share with you. And I think also that this one is, is one that a lot of folks in the church struggle with, and that is Isaiah and Isaiah's kind of struggle of not feeling worthy. And, and, and worthiness is, is a very important thing that Satan uses to draw our eyes away from what God is asking us to do and to employ for us the abilities that he has given to us. Uh, you know, Isaiah had this unworthiness kind of struggle that he had. And when God calls us into leadership, we must trust that the gifts that he provides for us are sufficient, right? And will be enough. And and that is really it's so light. interesting viewing these biblical characters from a leadership stance and understanding what they were good at and also what they were not good at. What is that value for us in in looking at these characters in the Bible as as they were, as real people whom God put in those places and to to study their their character, their 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 high points and also their deep flaws. What is that value? Well, let's just take Peter for a second, because P- Peter is the one I think that really is the best example of them all. Here you have the, the leader of the disciples who had great overconfidence on the night that Jesus was betrayed as he drew his sword in the garden to defend Jesus, chop the ear off of the centurion soldier. Jesus told him to sheathe his sword, healed the man's ear, and only a few hours later, the greatest low point in Peter's life occurred when he denied even knowing Jesus. And yet the Lord Christ took Peter, and on his confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, he built the church. After that event in Jerusalem, Peter went on to fortify his spirit and never again had a position where he faltered in that way, at least according to the biblical text, and ended up confessing Christ in martyrdom and death. And and I think it's the greatest redemption story in the New Testament of a biblical leader who had great failing, denying even knowing the Christ, and yet had great strength in his in his example. And so, you know, for for me, it is such a joy to be able to study these biblical characters and to see how God gave gifts and talents in Moses's case that he employed later in life to lead the people of Israel, even though he felt that he couldn't speak clearly enough. And then likewise, also dealing with Peter in the New Testament, where he failed, and yet God still used him for Looking great at things. the scriptures and these, these historical figures who were leaders, and, and, and looking to them as examples from God's word of leadership, let's take the flip side of that. How do you want us to not use God's word when it comes to what would be a good example of misusing God's word when trying to learn about leadership? Mm. Yeah. Well, I I can tell you, I'm, I'm dealing with one right now, a pastor who is trying to use the authority of the office commanded by God. I'm talking about the office of the Holy Ministry in an authoritative way to tell people that simply because he says it, 
it must be so. And, and that is the farthest thing from biblical leadership that is actual biblical leadership. The office of the ministry has the authority to forgive and retain sins, not on a judgment basis, but on the basis of those who confess. When Jesus gives that, that calling to the disciples, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. It is the highest responsibility of a pastoral leader, but likewise, it is the most biblical and pastoral that can be given, that is to say, to pronounce forgiveness that comes only by Christ and his victory on the cross and from the grave. And so it's kind of a juxtaposition where some guys take that authority in forgiving and retaining sins, and then from the backside, try to use it to say on every other matter in the church, I am the pastor, you will do what I say. So it, it, it's taking a directive that Jesus gives, a command that Christ gives, and twists it to use it for authoritative purposes. And that's just completely wrong. So we're talking about these characteristics, how, how we view leadership in the Bible and looking at all of these different characters. What is the relationship between inadequacy and leadership? Are, are leaders inadequate in certain things? And is that okay? Well, I think when you ask, is it okay? The, the answer has to be, it, it is okay. The problem is a good leader is going to identify where his or her inadequacies are, and they will build either a team or a support system in place to uplift where their inadequacies are with somebody who's got that skill set. But that's where leadership comes into play. You see, I mean, I, I'll, I'll use my own staff for an example. I have a fantastic business manager. She was here before I came. She's outstanding in finance. That's my strength in terms of my academics, my history, my background. It's, it's a blessing because the two of us together make a great team. On the converse of that, when I, when I asked uh, Reverend Derek Mathers to be the assistant to the bishop mission executive, I was looking for somebody that had a totally different skill set from me, much more outwardly compassionate. Not to say I'm not compassionate, but, but I'm not the initiating hugging type, let's say. I, am, I, I scored much higher on defensiveness and protectiveness than I did on, on hugging. That doesn't mean I won't hug, I can't hug, but I'm, I'm the one that you'll come to when the bear is attacking you. I'm the one that's going to initiate the defense. And so I'm smart enough to know I needed somebody on my staff that had that higher level of softness and compassion in their personality traits so that when I had a situation that, that needed that from a pastoral perspective, I could deploy him in my place. Not that I can't do it. I mean, I've been a pastor for 23 years and I've been fairly successful and I've been able to deal with those things when they're needed. But again, going back to the point, I think when a, when a leader understands their deficiencies, the wise leader finds a way to either bolster their own weaknesses or get somebody around them that can amplify what their weaknesses is by having strength. Before we, we have just like a couple of minutes left before we give a preview of next week, final thoughts for today on biblical leadership style. Yeah. For me, the topic of, of leadership is one that I think the church uh, kind of has shunned a little bit. 
they don't like to talk about leadership because that's too corporate in nature. It's too business in nature. It's not as much theological. And in the book, in my book, I, I spent a lot of time demonstrating that leadership is a very, very biblical thing. It is a, a command from God, and it's exemplified in Jesus. It's exemplified in a lot of the biblical characters in their failings, but also in their successes. I would just hope and pray that that the church would understand that discussing leadership and, and studying it and expanding on it is really an important thing. The, the better we lead, the better those we lead follow, and the more success we can have in terms of putting our gifts and skills to work in the church and for the sake of the gospel. For me, the greatest organizations within the church and outside the church all have great leaders and those great folks that follow those leaders. So it's not just one or the other. It's not just a great leader. You have to have great folks that are also being led and who are leading in their areas uh, where they serve. And so for me, it's all about making sure that everybody has the capacity to understand the gifts and talents God has given to them and to use them to the best of their right. ability. Uh, a, a hint of what we'll take a look at next time? The next time we're going to talk a little bit about God's plan for leadership and, and how he, he, he gives us kind of a roadmap and a model for leadership. We'll talk a little bit about the Old Testament uh, and Moses' leadership structure that his uh, father-in-law Jethro provided to him as an organizational structure and just the roadmap that God lays out for us to be leaders in the church. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Jameson Hardy, Bishop of the English District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, author of Pastoral Leadership, Shepherding and Caring for God's People from Concordia Publishing House. Thanks so much for being our guest. Looking forward to learning more with you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.